0: Hello and welcome to Camp Scary and Squee, a podcast that tests my theory that every horror movie exists on a scale of divine camp to pure terror. Each week I'm joined by a guest who brings a horror movie for discussion, dissection and classification on the Camp Scary scale. And when my guest this week watches a horror movie, he's looking for a good soundtrack, smart protagonists and smarter antagonists, and something that subverts the sense of what's normal. Welcome to Daniel Clark. It's very exciting to have you with me.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here to talk about something that is is such a great passion. Uh,
0: As a bit of an icebreaker for today, I wanted to know what has been haunting you this week.
1: What has been haunting me this week? What hasn't been haunting me this week? Um, the soon to be end of all of my streaming content. Uh, I've consumed just about everything Netflix, Stan, and YouTube has to offer. So uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely fine of what will uh, what will happen when I run out of that content. Um, so we'll see.
0: <laughs> it's like it's becoming a proper hazard through lockdown. Is that we're like, oh, you know, there's so much on Netflix. We're never going to run out. And now it's we're near the end. This six months uh, of, of being stuck in the house.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. One of the things that me and some, some friends have been doing uh, to sort of stave off um, the boredom is there's a new game. It's, it's kind of a mix, uh, and, and I think it's an homage almost to a mix between um, uh, Alien uh, Sigourney Weaver and Alien. Uh, and John Carpenter's The Thing, it's called Among Us. It's a little mobile game where you, you play as a, a little spaceman on a ship and you do tasks and there's an imposter. It's, it's it's kind of like a lot of sort of friend games.
0: I reckon I've seen this. And is it that you get, is this the one where you get asked questions and everyone gets the same question except for the person who's the alien?
1: No, though, the, though there is a version that I have played. I think it's on Switch, that version. Um, whereas this one, it's it's literally just... The person who is the imposter goes around um, and tries to secretly murder the rest of the crew. And then the crew will get together when they, whenever they discover a body and they'll say, oh, I suspect Red is the imposter. And we'll say, well, I don't know. That sounds sus. I think Green was in engineering doing this, that and the other. Um, and it's done in this really cutesy sort of cartoon style. But, you know, it's on the topic of what's been haunting me, there's some some gripping fan art of just gruesome disembowelments and, and, and killing blows that these cutesy little aliens have, have done to one another. That's the other thing I've, I've seen that's been really front of mind. It just sort of shows the, the desire for fan art is strong out there.
0: Yeah, well, and also the desire to, like, bring everything into horror. Like, Yeah, yeah, people, definitely. People connect with it. Um, I want to give you the honours. What are we going to be talking about today? Uh, I am so,
1: so excited to be talking about Train du Busan. Um, a
0: 2016 film,
1: I want to say.
0: It is. Uh, some quick stats on this. Uh, so it was released in 2016, written by Park Jusuk, directed by Yon san Ho, who has recently released Peninsula, which is the standalone sequel to Train to Busan, which I'm very excited about but haven't seen yet. Um, and it's also starring a list of people who, if you are... Uh, A fan of Korean cinema you will have run into. So Gong Yoo, Ma Dong Seok, Jun Yoo Mi, Kim Soo An, Kim Yui Sung, Choi Woo Shik and Ahn So Hee. uh, All have been, I've seen them in particularly in horror. And I feel like this is a, Mm. look, my exposure to Korean film is mostly horror plus old boy. But old Boy's kind of horror anyway. I, f- like I feel thriller. like
1: old boy. Yeah. I feel like there's, there's a unique place for for movies that can be described alternately as thriller or horror and old boy fits neatly in that.
0: Yeah. Um, so it's, um it's pretty cool to be talking about a Korean film. Um, some interesting facts about this. So it grossed 98.5 million on an $8.5 million budget, which is huge, mm. like really, really good turnaround there. Just bonkers. Yeah. Well, it, I think we're probably going to talk about how much we love this film and that has a bit to do with it. And the IMDB description for this film is, while a zombie virus breaks out in South Korea, passengers struggle to survive on the train from Seoul to Busan. And a spoiler warning, we're about to talk about this film. So if you haven't seen it, I (laughs) strongly recommend that you pause this podcast, go and find Train to Busan and watch it. It is... Very good. It's incredible. Uh, before we launch into talking through the plot, I wanted to sort of... So before I spoke to you about this, I didn't actually know you loved horror. Like, we've been friends for a few years and it just hadn't come up in our, yeah. in our interactions. And one of the things that stood out when you were like, oh, I love horror, and you started just talking about all of these films that I love, and I <laughs> said, "And I, we were talking about Hashtag Alive, this Korean zombie film, and you said you hadn't seen Train to Busan. And I was just it was such a... a yeah. A and I, so what I want to ask is this movie comes with a huge amount of hype because it is mm. such a big blockbuster and it really, like, people love this film. Become a cult classic, apparently. Yeah. But how did it match those expectations that came with it? Did you feel like it lived up to them?
1: Yeah, well, that that is the thing, is that I'd heard so many people talk about Train to Busan, and it's, it's one of those films where, in my head, I'd i would always thought, oh, I've got to watch that. And, in fact, even when my partner and I were in Korea and were talking about taking the train to Busan, I thought, oh, it's probably good that I haven't seen the film then. Um, but it was... It, there's always that worry that, you know, you're going to watch something that's been overhyped. But in my, in my opinion, even the amount of hype that this film got what didn't do it justice. It honestly was an absolute thrill ride. Um, and it's as it's, it's cheesy as that sounds, like it was just, you know, I was literally, I, I feel like I've got a pretty, a pretty strong will when, when watching a lot of the horror stuff. but And we'll, we'll get into this, but it had me genuinely on the edge of my seat where a lot of horror movies don't. I feel a lot of, a lot of them are great fun or, or particularly camp. Um, but, but this one was, was an absolute, I, I sort of walked away from that
0: thinking, okay, all right, <laughs> what now? yeah it does it gives you that moment to pause and be like how would i cope on a train <laughs> yeah it definitely
1: got the old zombie apocalypse plan running in the head it's like okay so i'm living in an apartment what would happen if zombies suddenly <laughs> happened in in uh, in melbourne where i am what, what, how would i exactly would i deal with that
0: <laughs> yeah i know the feeling I, I look at our apartment and i go oh we're not in a good position <laughs> <laughs> okay so what have i got maybe a cricket bat no i got nothing <laughs> i need a rope so i can abseil down the side of our building uh, yeah <laughs> with no skills in doing that so it probably just fall to my death
1: it's actually funny when my partner and i were in korea um with the hotel that we were staying in we we walked in and, and we were in a, a relatively nice hotel um near gangnam and we, we found this thing that, speaking of abseiling down the building, we found this thing when we checked in, which was so peculiar to us. We, we and We called down the um, front desk and we, we said, there's this thing behind the couch near the window in our hotel room. We're not sure what it is. They had to tell us, oh, it's an emergency rope in the event that we need to take the 40-odd flight floors down and all the stairs unavailable. So they've literally, in the hotel, got a rope for an emergency escape out of a 40 story hotel window and that was that was frightening at the, at the
0: start then you didn't get used to it but it was it was wild so you would just on your own hook yourself to this rope i guess so <laughs> They're they have, have a lot of dead people who don't know how to use like me I, included. I went, yeah i went
1: back and i looked and now that they'd told me what it was i was kind of like oh okay i can kind of see how this works um but it was the most surreal thing i'd ever seen in a hotel ever um and just talking about abseiling down the side of the building and korean horror just sort of connected those two particular types for me Um, well
0: look one of the things that i love about horror is this idea that a lot of films kind of set a time bomb in Mm. in the beginning and this film i think does it quite well in that As the audience, we see this opening scene. There's a truck going through a decontamination kind of checkpoint. And there's been some kind of leak in what they call the biotech district. Um, And while reaching for his phone, this truck driver uh, hits something. Turns out it's a deer and he drives off. And we see this lovely or clever kind of moment where the deer stands back up after clearly a fatal hit and we get a close up on its face and and it's got uh, these milky white eyes that kind of Mm. indicate something is not quite right. Besides the deer kind of climbing up from its, its death. (laughs) (laughs) And for me, I, 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 you see this a lot in zombie films, but you see it in lots of horror. And I was just interested to know whether this is something that, um, really stood up for you, stood out for you? Did you feel like it gave you a good sense of where this movie wanted to go with that opening? I feel
1: almost blas- blasphemous to say this, but in, 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 in my head, when I started Train to Busan, I knew what I was getting into. And when that scene happened, I remember thinking, I wonder what it would have been like without that scene. Because I think that it almost, I, I would've, it would have been interesting to... to have this sense of tension building on a total sense of normalcy. Because then you sort of see in subsequent scenes, um, they present um, a very pedestrian sort of home life and all the rest of it. And I think it's, it's interesting because it takes you from that, that weirdness back down again um, before they ratchet you back up. But I, I did find myself wondering, what if, what if you know, because I think the mechanism to, to get to the, the reason behind a zombie outbreak can, can be interesting but I almost feel like it's interesting if you go into it in some depth, whereas this was quite surface level. And, and I felt like it would have, yeah, like I said, it would have been interesting to see what it would happen if it was just really, you were in the lead character's eyes and didn't even know about any of that. And you actually saw this approaching menace because we, as the audience, we know that something's going to happen.
0: And, well, yeah, we, we're, we're all going in here knowing what type of film we're seeing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a, uh... It's not a surprise that zombies attack. It, it, there is like a, we do very much get taken back to a sense of normal when we, we see our lead character mm. and we actually, cause we don't get many of the names of characters in this, like lots of the characters, yeah. don't, they don't tell us their names. Um, Silk Wu is one of them. He's our protagonist. He's the lead character. He's a fund manager. And I, I think this opening scene with him, once we've sort of established that there's a zombie threat, really kind of tells us a lot about him. He's um he's eating at his desk while he's working. Mm. Uh he's he's having what sounds like a a frustrating conversation with his boss and he's being overruled and then he's mm. overruling his subordinate. He asks Kim, his his employee, what do kids like these days? And we realise that it's his his daughter's birthday and mm. his wife and he have separated. His daughter's living with him and his his mum is is uh, looking after his daughter while he's at work. And I think, interestingly, we immediately get this very strong tension that he has with his daughter and with his wife, this kind of... Uh, he's, he's not a very present father. He's, mm-hmm. he's not... Um, his daughter really wants to see her mum, and he's been a barrier to that. And, you know, we assume because he's hurt as well, because she left... And Mm. so there's been this kind of reluctance to, to go, but it's his daughter's birthday. His wife is in Bazaar. We need that train to go to Bazaar. Yeah. yeah. And um, we get this kind of inciting incident to the film of like this plot device is We need to get these people on a train. Let's get them on a train. Of course.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's so interesting sort of, you know, seeing the daughter, you know, as soon as she's, She's saying, oh, please let me come with you. Like, please let me come with you to Bassan. And he's sort of saying, no, 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 no. And, and, and I was just waiting for that penny to drop. I was just waiting for the moment where, he, and, and I remember thinking, oh, what would happen if, if, he, if he doesn't take her? Like, I wonder what
0: that would look well, like. Well, no, I think he took the day off work so that he could take her there to see her mum.
1: Oh, right. Yes. It yes.
0: Was, it was a bit hard to sort of follow, um, I found, because it was sort of in my head. The very first time I saw this, I was watching it going, "Oh, he's going to put her on the train, and then the film is going to be be about him getting to that train because he put her on there and then the zombies attacked." Yeah. That's what I thought the film okay. Would be. Um well, and okay. when he got on the train with her, I just went, "Ah. Okay, this is not what I expected," which it, not a bad thing.
1: No, because I I and, and this actually sort of links in brilliantly to one of the one of the things I I thought of the first thing I thought was I, I had expected it to take place on a train if only because one of the most visceral thoughts I had while watching this movie was, wow, this would be a terrifying place to mm. be during a zombie outbreak. Like, and and I think it's, it's filmed in such a way, and I thought this for most of the film, it's filmed in such a way where there are no wide shots, there's no big shot, or, or I shouldn't say there are none, but for a large part of it, It's quite close shots in quite close quarters, which when you're talking about zombies is not really, I mean, you could say it about many things, but it it definitely, for me, contributed to that sense of menace um, and that sense of sort of enclosed.
0: Well, and (laughs) because the shots are so, they're kind of narrow and deep because they're looking down Mm. train train carriages, that sense of crowd and and kind of clutter is is sort of exacerbated because that... That perception, you know, there could just be ten people in that carriage, but because they're kind of filling all of the screen, it would feel fuller and more claustrophobic. If you were seeing this in the cinema, you'd just be like, fuck, there's so many people. How do I get out of here? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's like it's such a I like the premise of of putting it on a train, but also because it gives you this kind of by limiting part of the location the story has to sort of work within it yes totally absolutely there are points that they get off the train and and there's you know um opportunities to take the story beyond the train but for the most part it keeps coming back and Mm. i mean we can we can get into that i there there are a lot of really great moments in this Mm. but i think one of them you know we, we have this train that they get on. There's a woman who runs and gets on the train just before the doors close. Mm. And the conductor closes the door and we see that she's been injured.
1: And as soon as I saw that, I just remember thinking, oh. Here shoot. we go. Here we go.
0: But uh, Sue Suan is looking out the train window as it pulls out. And the conductor is running and then she sees him get taken by a zombie and she doesn't quite know what it is but it's such a great shot because the only person who saw it was the kid yeah and so there you no know, no one's going to believe her but also she's not sure what she saw so she just kind of lets it go yeah and it allows us to feel the the oncoming menace without all of the characters getting worked up you know we as an audience know a little bit more we can it's that setting of the time bomb we see we see something's coming and no one else does. And it's. I find it
1: such a great device. It's one of those things in my head where if I were a protagonist in a horror universe, I feel like if there was a kid saying something's wrong, I would want to believe the kid almost immediately because they have a pretty naturally tuned sense of, and, and it's. you're absolutely right, like the scene stood out to me so much just for the way that it just nobody else noticed. There was very little
0: fanfare. It was so brief. Like it was just the tiniest little moment of this conductor running and getting taken down by a zombie. And like, that's all you saw. They didn't labor it. They didn't give us too much. And I think Mm. that's such a, something you can really lose in zombie films, but also because often zombie films are slow shuffle. Zombies are not sprinty zombies. Mm. Um, And this is the latter. Um, Although that- I, I do have I do have thoughts on sprint zombies <laughs> versus
1: slow shuffle zombies, and we can do, we can talk about that a little bit later. But I, I have strong thoughts on that.
0: <laughs> I look, I have strong feelings as well, um, and, and as a quite a, a big fan of, of Romero, I, I um, mm. um, you know, I think I have a particular point of view on zombies. But if it was a shuffle zombie, they would have had to give us more time with them to really recognize yeah. what was going on yeah. as a sprinting zombie, you get to get these flashes that are quick and kind of, you know, just give us a hint of what's about to happen. And they don't, they don't overwhelm us. And that's the thing is I think, I think it's,
1: it's, it's almost sort of a different strokes for different folks kind of situation when it comes to zombies. And I think in this movie, the sprinting zombies were perfect um, it, for exactly the reason that you've just said. So, yeah, I think, I think it worked really, really well and definitely gave me a chill right down to my bones.
0: <laughs> yeah. Look, but we're on this train and we One of the things we do is we get to meet a whole bunch of characters and I think really cleverly... They help us really connect to these people. Mm. And, I like, zombie films are always about the kind of scrappy group of survivors and mm. they're the people we kind of connect with, we identify with. The antagonist is never really the zombies. It's the people. It's someone in the group. And I think they do a really good job of, of building these things and kind of throwing in a few red herrings as well. Yeah. Uh, so just to quickly run through, we have the... And I'm not using their names because their names were not used in the film. They all have names. I found them when I was searching online, but I figure if they're not going to use them.
1: I think, yeah, I think it's almost like they are just, the you know, they're characters, but they're almost caricatures as well.
0: Yeah, they, are, they absolutely are. They, are. they are sort of presented as these kind of archetypes for a genre. Mm, and so yeah. we have this very tough guy husband Yep. I,
1: I, I think I called him Swole Daddy every swole time daddy. I saw him on screen. We're gonna call him Swoll Daddy. It's such a good I one. Oh, he's well, he's just been cast in Marvel's Eternals, I think. Has um he? he has, yes. Um I think I saw on the Subtle Asian Traits Facebook group they um were talking that he got they were saying he got cast um in Eternals. I'm not sure what role, but he's clearly um they must have seen him in train of a I don't know, but he oh, must, he's,
0: I look I like him because He's tough and he's a bit—he's quite surly, mm. except for when he's talking to his wife, who, you know, is she's very kind of demanding. And uh, uh, demanding the wrong word. She's just she knows what she wants.
1: Yeah, yeah. She's and direct. She's straightforward. Clearly adores her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And I think having the husband and wife, she's pregnant, is like this lovely kind of tension. Like he's trying to protect someone that he has this very strong connection to yeah uh we have the baseball players and particularly one baseball player and his girlfriend who yeah um you know we focus on we have the. Sisters. i was a
1: little confused i was a little confused about the way that they actually introduced because <laughs> yes. I, I remember watching it and i was watching so intently and she sits down and he seemed seemed uninterested and i remember being very confused about the dynamic well, and then yeah. they all
0: started saying was it except her
1: yeah, ex- well, that was the English subtitle. So, yeah, well, like um, it- in, in in yeah, in my time, sort of watching K dramas and Korean movies, the subtitles are not always hundred percent. But but as I yeah, I did struggle a bit with that.
0: Yeah, it was um, it was interesting. I, I was like, I tr- I couldn't quite piece together what the tension between them was. Yeah. Um, we have so we also have the the sisters who are these two older yes. women, um, very close. Love them. I really love them. And I, we we will get to, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I I really enjoyed it. Uh, there's, we have a homeless man Mm -hmm. and I think we all probably the, the main antagonist we have is the chief operating officer of the train company traveling. Yes. His own train to get to Busan. Um, so we, we, we formed this group, and I, there are others who are involved in it, but for me mm. these were kind of the core players that we needed to, to know about. In order- they,
1: they presented pretty quickly as well. Um, I, I really love, there, there's, so there's a part when they're introducing the COO, the homeless man, and then the protagonist's daughter, um, where he's, he's the, so the homeless man has clearly seen something, and he's hiding in the bathroom, and they did that thing where they did a fake out.
0: Yes, because so you, you were expecting yeah. the woman that had been bit to be in to, the bathroom. To be revealed,
1: and, and it's but they open the bathroom door and it turns out it's the homeless man. And and so the COO and the daughter are both waiting for the bathroom. But the thing I found interesting, it was, it's just one of these little moments, but there, I find that, you know, it's so interesting when these little moments in movies can, can sort of touch you and leave you with, with these things, where he sort of turned to the girl and he goes, oh, if you don't study, that's going to be you when, when you grow up. And she turned to him and she goes, oh, well, my mum told me that, you know, oh,
0: oh now what is it? I've forgotten. The, I've forgotten the exact she wording, him like, and I can't remember what she says. She says something
1: like, "Oh, my mum told me if I don't, you know, if I study too hard, I'll end up like you." Or she she said yes. something was basically like, "How how dare you like reduce a human life in that way?" Yeah, and I just remember thinking like, "How great! What well, yeah. great little lesson to throw in the film."
0: Well, also that little girl is just peak sass. Like, oh you know, yeah, whenever someone is is a uh, kind of acts in a way that's not really very kind or or honorable or or really is acting in a way that sort of goes against what we expect people to do she just calls yeah. him out she's like yeah fuck you <laughs> It's brilliant i
1: love i love this astral little girl and i just remember watching her like retort to this Older sort of COO and just being like, yeah,
0: get it, girl. And him just not really <laughs> knowing how to take it because, like, he hasn't yeah. been talked back to in no. Who knows how long?
1: Oh Lord, no, I, I love that. Yeah, so but just a, a little moment when we're getting introduced to all the characters that you know taught me everything I needed to know about all all four really of those characters. If we include the little girl's mum and Busan as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, they they do a really good job of very quickly building a kind of a sense of these people and what's important to them and what their motivations are, mm. which is really important as we move along. Yeah. It does not take long before we have our first zombie attack. So we, mm. um, we have these conductors on the train. And look, I, I've been to, to sort of Hong Kong and Japan and, and a few places in Asia, but I haven't been to South Korea and I don't know, whether or not trains have these, they're almost airline-style conductors. They're so sharply dressed and and you know quite authoritative.
1: I ha- so I've been to Seoul, um, and I, I like I mentioned, I was gonna we, my partner and I were going to take the train to Busan. We ended up not, which I regret. Um, we we did travel on a, a handful of uh, Korean trains though, and I'm trying to remember. I went on the so we we were in um, Osaka as well, and we did go on the Shinkansen. I know they've got those those mm. sharply dressed conductors, but I, I'm trying to remember. I can remember there being conductors, but I just I can't remember if those if their uniforms are that sharp. I'm thinking maybe this the train in this movie is a particularly fancy one, given that you know the COO is clearly an important sort of dude.
0: Well, and and um, our, our lead lead character he is. Um... Sioku is is a, a fund manager and clearly yes yeah well like at a high enough position that he's got people reporting to him and must be doing mm. particularly well so they're traveling on a nice high speed train. Um, we get we get this first attack so the the woman is kind of writhing on the ground and one of the conductors sees her and. Again, they, they, just, they don't give away too much too early. So she's calling yeah. for help. We, we then focus purely on the other conductor who's running through the carriage to this kind of call for help um, to get to them. And then the, the baseball team's carriage, they're all sitting there and the conduct, conductor, she's walking forward with this zombie kind of on her back. and Yes, kind of yes. Him. And then she falls to the ground and the zombie attacks someone else. It just sort
1: of pops off from
0: there. It really does. And it's like the dissension into chaos is so fast and there's lots of deliberate work done. So we sort of, we see how the baseball team reacts and some of them sort of step up and they get baseball bats out and they're they're going for it. Um, Our our lead baseball player is protecting his his girlfriend and, um, you know, (laughs) takes this leading role. Yeah, yeah. And everyone in the... Tra- well, the, the conductor starts running uh, through the train. He's telling everyone to get moving. And, as, and we slowly see people starting to listen, but not everyone, because, you know, mm. it's that thing they're kind of not sure what's going on. But that horde of zombies very quickly kind of builds. And it's soon... Like it's- a- I remember thinking when I was watching it, it was like a wave. It
1: just builds with this sort of ferocity and volume and intensity. And there's a, there's a couple of scenes later in the movie that sort of showcase this to another degree, which I'm sure we will talk about. But it really is sort of like they're just falling over themselves to, to, to move their way up the train. And it was really, I, I found it pretty scary. I was like, yeah, that's like- an effective way of like showing, because I feel like it's, it's, it's more than just sprinting zombies it's like showing them almost like a force of nature
0: well and and just sort of filling the space so like you're yeah yeah they're just there the the horde just expands to fill this mm. space uh we very quickly get seok with his daughter sue and he was looking for her because she'd gone to the bathroom she comes out and he turns around and sees her there as these zombies are coming towards him. he just picks her up and he starts running and that you know, if this were real, that poor child then watches the zombies behind her as he runs away. <laughs> yes, I, his shoulder. Uh, when they thing. got separated, I just knew. I was like,
1: "Oh no, come on, find Sue Like, oh, it, it, it was it was a nightmare. And I, I'm not a father, but I was just like, "Oh, geez, I wouldn't want to be yeah, this
0: kid." You you feel it, and you're sort of you know we we want them to be the kind of uh you we want them to be the survivors, and so we're going well it has to work out. And of course it must work out. Like that wouldn't make of sense course. if she was taken that early in the film. Yeah. Um, and so it, it <clears throat> we're really kind of rooting for them to do well. Uh, as, as they're, he's running, he's um, we see the other conductor get caught out and, and he mm. gets taken and then uh, he turns and then it sort of adds to that hoard again. And our protagonist is just running through the carriage. He passes tough. Uh, what is it? Swal daddy.:
1: Swal daddy, Swal daddy. TM. Um, Swal Daddy. Oh, and and
0: Swal Daddy's wife. Uh, and pushes past them. And we, we see like Swald Daddy kind of step up and there's a zombie, he punches it in the face. When he punched the zombie in the face, I was so sure he was going down. I just remember thinking, no,
1: it, come on. Like, this is not the time for that. Um, and like, thankfully. do. Like, it,
0: it's, yeah. they really, like, they love like a bit of a, you know, a last minute kind of, are they going to make it kind of moment yeah. in this film. And, like, we get a yeah. lot of them. And the the big one we get here is this, there's this carriage and they're trying to lock the door and Swole Daddy and his wife are like, on their way and, and our, our protagonist is closing the door and finally relents and says, oh, no, I better let them in. He lets them in. And we get this great confrontation where he's like, I yeah. apologise to me for not, like, for closing the door before we got there. And yeah. they have, like, a real real sort of confrontation until, until his wife kind of shuts it down.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember thinking it. It's so funny because he was, he, again, like, we always see our idealised selves, in movies, in medium like this, um, evidenced by the fact that watching it, I was like, "Oh, I would totally," have, you know, "Where's your compassion? Leave the door open, let them in." Whereas, you know, that's definitely an idealized version of myself. But it is interesting the way that they sort of almost had a miniature hero's journey, and in, in how that how that sort of works its works its way through the film, and, and you know, it sort of comes. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the later scenes that that clearly. This I, that's the thing is, I really do love the pacing and, and sort of the, I almost call them like checkpoints that this film sets up in, in these, little conf- these little human confrontations in between these life or death stretches.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's also with one of the things that this film does quite well is this there, there's this overarching goal to get to Busan, mm. but there are little quests within it. Yeah, that, yeah, that keep us kind of focused, like keep us engaged along the way where we're not, there's never a point where you're like, oh, now we're going to sit with like dealing with the human condition for the next 45 minutes <laughs> while they, they have like a structured debate about whether or not they live, let this person live because they drank the water that was for the other people, you know, like, you know, yeah, that yeah. happens so often in zombie films that, they, they get just they, they go, well, this is our chance to kind of show how society is fragile. And you're like, I just want to see zombies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we know society is fragile. We know people are dicks. We get it. Let's, let's get some chomping going on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and they, they do quite well. Like you, you do get those is fragile moments, but they're always in the context of mm. something like urgent and, and big. And, um, Probably something we, sh- we should talk about is that they're, they're kind of creating the rules of these zombies. And one of them is that if they can't see you, they kind of yes, they, they yes. stop reacting and stop chasing you. And we, we see that when. Um, uh, when The pregnant mom. Well, yeah. Well, Sioku says they, they reacted when they saw us. And so she splashes water over the door and uses and then sticks newspaper to the wet door to see. To- I went, yeah, yeah. When
1: that happened, I remember thinking, that is so bloody ingenious. I never would have thought of that in a million years. And she just, she literally just grabs a bottle of water and she's just, whoosh, 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 whoosh. and within seconds, she's created this sort of calmer space. Yeah. Um, well, there's zombies are still
0: there, but then they've like lost awareness. And so they've stopped pressing against the glass, it reduces yeah. the ice.
1: And you can't sort of hear these like strange inhuman growls that, that are coming from the other carriage as much as well.
0: Um, and it's, it's, it's an important rule that we need to learn for later in the film as well.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And that's, I, I love, this is the thing that I, I, I think frustrates me with some of the horror films that I watch sometimes. Um, and I, I can't really think of any great examples right now, but it's like if you, if you set up rules for a world, that's fine, but then stick to them don't deus ex machina them later on and say oh no well it's okay because the power of love or you know oh we magic it it's it's like this is the rules this is what we've got to work in because when you when you're able to figure out when the when the protagonists or antagonists are able to figure out solutions or, or, or can circumvent those rules it makes it so much more thrilling
0: yeah but look it, it's been a, a common thread of this podcast is that 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 it's you know you there there are there are schools of thought that there are rules in horror that exist across the whole genre and there are schools of mm. thought that horror movies set their rules and and kind of as long as they clearly set and then abide by rules then they are you know in good stead yeah. i I'm, I'm in that camp i think that we need to allow horror movies to set and abide by their their own rules mm. um and we we do talk about this kind of thing of like having overarching rules, you know, that vampires can never walk into a house uninvited or, or whatever they are. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, why do those rules exist? And maybe there's, there's room to kind of, to break them. Yeah. You know, the, the big one is always that the promiscuous woman is murdered. Of course. Yeah. Right. Um, obviously not, not a trait for the, the zombie genre as much as it is for the slasher genre, but no. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's, looking at how those rules kind of maybe uh, need to be reinvented, broken, changed, you know, new, it's it's more interesting for films to come in and say, we're going to create our own set of rules for this film. Yeah. Rather than kind of relying on, sorry, we've gotten off,
1: way off track. No, 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 no But yeah, but it's, in, it's important because, you know, again, it comes back in a very concrete way in Train to Busan because, because, and I think it's something that, a lot of other zombie films all too often can do, um, you know, they, they, they played with a, a little bit in hashtag alive um, where they actually circumvented. Um, and and I'll, I'll, I'll say that there, there are no major spoilers. That, I'm not sure whether this would count as a minor spoiler, but if you, if you don't want it, um, skip ahead. Um, but I would say, you know, there is this expectation that the zombies are, you know, going to behave a certain way and then in one scene, it's shown, a, a zombie is shown climbing. Yes, example.
0: this really bothered me because, you know, why were the zombies so kind of, like, I always don't love that idea of a of smart zombie. No,
1: yeah, because at that point, it's not really a zombie anymore. It's more of a generic monster, I guess. I mean, I suppose the ability to bite and infect in that way and mm. the need for flesh and brains. But anyway, but I, I really love the way that they were able to create these rules around zombies and, and how they worked. And um, another great thing really quickly that I would just love to recommend is uh, another Korean zombie um, piece of media that's on Netflix and available to stream at the moment is called, um, I think I might have mentioned, The Kingdom. Um, not sure if you've, if you've heard well, of it. But I it's, have it's...
0: heard of but have not seen Kingdom. So I better um, add it to the
1: list. I, so after I watched Hashtag Alive and Train to Busan, I also watched Kingdom. Um, it's got a very famous Korean actress in it, uh, Duna Bay, um, who's a, um, seen in a lot of um, Wachowski siblings' projects, um, and it's fascinating in that way as well because they introduce these rules around zombies. They're like, okay, well, they're, they're, they're going to behave this way in this circumstances, and that way in those circumstances. Again, without wanting to give any spoilers away, definitely, if if you're into Train of Busan, I would give it a watch because it's, it's it's similar in that in that way, and it just reminds me very he- heavily of it. No, But I'm good.
0: very off track. sorry. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I, this has been really great. I guess this is the point where, so everyone's kind of in that, they've all isolated themselves in this carriage or at mm, this particular mm. end of the train. Yep. And it's where we see this chief operating officer become a bit of an antagonist. So he, he yes. pushes the call button, he speaks to the driver, and the driver uh, tells him that they've been ordered just to go through, not stop at the next station, but just keep going to Busan. And he uh, gets very upset and is immediately saying, you know, I'm, I'm the chief operating officer of this, this company. You're going to stop at this next train station. And very quickly we start to pull into that train station and people are running and screaming and banging on the, the windows before zombies just start taking them out.
1: Yeah. And the train
0: speeds up and it just keeps going.
1: And I'm just—I re- I remember thinking, "Don't stop." I'm just waiting for those automatic door opening oh my tone. God, but I—I can, I can, unfortunately, and I did. But I'm—it was such an effective way of then, because then, jumping ahead just a little bit, the way that they then handled the next stop and well, the way that because I remember thinking as well how 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 well protected the driver was because he's in his little sort of locked cocoon and i just remember thinking if anyone's going to survive this has got to be the driver surely
0: well yeah he's he's the most isolated and and kind of in many ways safe but also trapped like
1: true yeah very true i mean you talk about socially distanced he's you know really sort of just locked away in that pod there but you know where's he going to go so he's and then the thing is he he had to because he didn't know what was going on even more than the passengers when the ceo sort of pressed the button and was like hey when you know he was sort of like what's what's going on what are you talking about um but then very quickly you know as he pulled into that station he saw that something was terribly terribly wrong and I just remember thinking wow like if it was me I just put foot down let's go buddy
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh look there, there's a bit of an arc here for our protagonist for Siokwu, who he um it's a thing, like, his, his daughter gives up a seat for one of the elderly sisters and he talks to yeah. no, you you don't need to be like that right now. You need to look out for yourself. And she, again, is like, no, that's not how we, you know, we don't do that. We are, we look after other people. We care for other mm. people. And he is looking for an opportunity to get away from everyone. He calls a friend who's in the military and yeah. there's, a, there's an army sort of outpost in the, At the next stop. And so they are, I think it's Dajong that they're going to? I think so. I'm trying to remember. I think it was Dajong, yeah. And they pull into there and they get out of the of the train and start heading through the station, heading towards the town square where they're, they're sort of- and I-
1: I mean, yeah, I remember. No, no, no. I was going to say because, and this is the thing, is I remember when the train stopped in such stark contrast to the last stop, it was an absolute ghost town. And he'd been talking on the phone to this military bloke that he knew and, and he was sort of saying, oh, look, you know, yeah, look, let's see what we can do. I'll, I'll see if my men at the, at the stop can, can, you know, sort you out because they were talking about the passengers um, needing to go into quarantine. Well, he, you know
0: he, he goes to the, he goes to the, he says, is told, go to the East Square, not to the, to the center. Yes, yes. And he's trying to take his daughter away. And she's again sort of saying, why are we going a different way to other people?
1: Yeah. And the homeless man is, is, is following them. And, and I remember that, um, he's sort of saying to the homeless man, oh, look, you know, you don't need to, what are you doing following us? Your, your entrance is over there. And the daughter is sort of looking at her, um, her, her dad sort of thinking, uh, you can sort of see it on her face a little bit. She's like, why, why are you doing this? Where's the harm? Let him, let him come with us. Um, and it's, it's so funny because it's, it's also, like I said, it's such a deserted train station that something's, cl- you know that something's, you know, I mean, they're off the train. Something's going to go wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and as uh, yeah. And I as you watching- look at it and
0: think, what are you doing? Like, clearly something's wrong. Get back on the train.
1: That is literally what I thought. I remember when I was like, I would have, I, what are you doing? There's nobody here. Like you would have expected some kind of
0: military presence or
1: something.
0: Well, I mean, they find the military presence. (laughs) They're they're going down the lifts and there's two things happening. The homeless man sees a a guy in the distance and he's kind of going towards him to get his attention. Mm. And. At the same this is time, through the we-
1: the east, um, yeah, through this the east, east, the east um, exit,
0: and then yep. we're also following the main group of people who are going down the escalators. And as they're going down, they slowly like see the the kind of the main square open up, and it's mm. packed full of zombies. And the second the zombies see them, because of this rule of like when they only react when they see us, they start heading towards them. And I remember being so terrified because at the front of the, of the people who were com- going towards those
1: zombies is none other than Swole Dad and Pregnant Wife. I and know. I'm just thinking. I was like, oh, God, they're going to kill them. Yes. I'm just thinking, how are they going to get out of this? But it was also really interesting because I think um, the protagonist calls the military guy again. Um, if I remember this this bit correctly. I think the military this,
0: guy calls him. Well, he, yes. He's like, I've yes. lost contact with, him, with my men.
1: And the second that he says that, because you, you, at the start, all you see is from behind is, as you're in the viewpoint of the people going down the escalators is you see the backs of people's military uniforms. So we, the audience, know what's about to happen. It's, it's they've just winked at it clearly enough so that when he says that, you know that this is not a safe stop at all and it is just an absolute scramble up the escalator. What an absolute nightmare up the escalator to try and get back to the train.
0: Yeah. Well, so they're up the escalator and, and Siok is, he turns around to see the zombies running in and his daughter's still back at the main entrance and there's a zombie coming right towards her. Yeah. Like beautifully shot this scene, the kind of capturing him watching it and running towards her, her face as she turns around. And it's just like that little girl is a, is an actor like she's oh, so yeah. good, incredible. And as the zombie sort of launches in, it's like it's like a comic book that kind of Swole dad just launches in and elbows that zombie out yes. of the way. Yes, so, yes. Like just every part of it is so well timed and so well put together, and it's almost like yeah. you're looking at frames out of a out of like a graphic novel.
1: It's brilliant and only solidifies my love for Swaldads. Oh, I so just. Good. <laughs> He's so brilliant, and I just as soon as he did that, and and it's so funny too because you know it's it, you know we were talking before about how you know there are these little mini arcs and everything, and so they're they're trying to get back to the they're trying to get back to the um the train, um and they come to these big glass double doors, and I think um, correct me if I'm wrong, a handful of the baseball team and Swoll Dad go to close these glass doors so that, that everyone running to the train is going to have time. But um, Siok Wu and his daughter are on the other side of them, and so Swall Dad sees him, and he he looks and he has that thought cross his mind of oh well you fucked me over maybe I should fuck you over, and you see him think no well hang on that's not how we do, mm. and you see him let uh, Siok Wu through, and it's 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 this little moment, but I mean it's obviously big enough where they're, the, the director's making a point about this. And it's it's nice. I really enjoyed that. And I was sort of, you know, it was almost like a turn of the other cheek thing. And then, you know, you see the crush, you know, it's while dads really living up to his name, holding the, the glass door shut, trying to get the latch at the top of it. It was a brilliant tension building moment, I thought.
0: It really was. And we get down to the train and it's one of those things. This is what, in my head, what really would have happened. These people are running. They run to the train. They open the door, and it's one of the zombie carriages. Yes, And zombies fill out. It's like, why? Why would? You? But like, why course, wouldn't you check?
1: But but then, of course, you know, easy enough. Again, and yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but we, what we get here is, uh, oh, uh, w- we're really like giving all of the characters new motivation for the next stage of this. So they're all getting separated. Uh the uh baseball player and his girlfriend get separated, the two sisters get separated, Siokwu mm. and Suan get separated, and with Suan and with um the homeless man is Swall Dad's wife. Yes, yes. And so Swole Dad, baseball dude and uh and Siokwu yes. all end yes. up in one carriage at one end. Yeah. And we've got homeless guy. Hold on, we've got homeless guy, uh wh- the pregnant older wife? sister, pregnant wife, and Suann um, all Sue Ann. in um in a toilet cubicle in a and zombie it, infested carriage.
1: Is it also baseball guy's girlfriend?
0: No, she is in the the safe carriage down the end with the C- with the chief operating officer. Oh no no yes yes that's the right that's right. The yes. younger sister of the two old ladies. Yep. And like the bulk of the passengers, you know, all the passengers who aren't important enough for us to know because we haven't we haven't developed <laughs> feelings for them like we have yes with, yes. with our, our main group. Yeah. Specifically, swall dad. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, Swaldad. dad. But also, like in all of this, we have this great scene. So the zombies break through the door. The others run down. Then they break through the glass and fall onto the train. Yes. Um. And as uh as the driver gets going, uh, Siokwu and the baseball player get on there. But Swaldad's still running, and he ends up picking up a police shield and just like ramming a bunch of zombies coming towards him, so he can keep going. And when I saw that, I remember thinking, "Oh no, this is it for Dad. But he just dump trucks through
1: um he with really his police does. shield. Yeah, just- and I just plows them it's amazing incredible such a great moment but it's it's an interesting one as well and and i'd love to like use this as the chance to 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 restate my praise for the setting of rules with zombies because i think what can happen in a lot of films not all but when you've got a mindless enemy on one side of of a partition and you on another it's that partition however thin glass whatever is sometimes seen by the, the movie's universe as being impenetrable. But in this, the physics of having hundreds and hundreds of, or what I can assume is dozens or hundreds of zombies pressed against glass, it just shatters and, they, and just out they come. And I really, it's a, it's a small thing, but I really dug it because I was sort of like, oh, dang, I didn't expect that. Even though, of course, that's what would happen if you put all that pressure against glass. The only train windows, they're just going kind to of come spilling out. I mean, um, the, the door windows, the, yeah. the door glass.
0: It's, um, it's so, in- like, well, what we get is that we get the, we get the the three of them sort of at the very back of the train mm. and they're in a, a safe carriage. Yeah. I think there's, a, like, they could see zombies, but they were able to close a door and essentially be separated from them. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: think they used a fire extinguisher to fog up the, the, the glass. That's
0: up the front end. Oh, no. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Um... It feels very much like Snowpiercer now, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: it does. It does. Another famous, uh, I think, Canadian Korean film. But anyway.
0: Yes. Bong yeah. Jin-ho. The original is like Canadian Korean, isn't
1: it? I believe so. Yeah. Not the TV show, the film. I think, I think Bong Joon Ho did that one as well, he if did. I'm not
0: mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, we, what we get is there's a, everyone's separated, but they managed to get a call to find out that, um, that Suan is with Swell Daddy's wife and with the others. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're sort of holed up in a toilet cubicle with zombies kind of banging at it because they haven't quite closed the door yet. Mm. Um, and, and they're like in, they're in like 13. Yes. Carriage so 13. 13. The the trio of dudes is in carriage nine. nine. And yeah. then carriage 15 is where the... Uh, the bulk of the passengers, the safe carriage is up the front.
1: Oh, is that, is right? that you? You're probably right. Because I remember thinking that they, they oh, you know what? It's one of those things where I think I must have been so wrapped up in the action of what was happening oh, on like, screen. It was
0: only like the third time I watched it that I actually started absorbing details because so much is happening all the time. Because I thought that they took them back
1: the way they came because I thought that they, the, the trio, were in between the bulk of the passengers on one end and then there. Maybe they
0: were. I thought they were heading. No, I reckon they're all heading in the same direction. Because in the same direction? Baseball dude heard from his girlfriend and she told him where she was and they were like, well, if we kick, if we kick go that direction, we'll get them and then we'll get everyone to. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because be, Yeah. they might not have gone in the same direction if, it, if they, you know, he yeah, might not yeah. have helped them. If she was. Yeah, right, right. But of it course becomes their new no, quest is sense. to, like, get through the train yes yes um and we we learn well those rules kind of play out here so the the first kind of push through the the first carriage they have to get through they kind of get through it relatively easily Small that he kind of leading the way as as he does
1: oh yeah so what they do um is and it's baseball guy's idea and i remember thinking at the time clever He takes, I think, gaffer tape or duct tape or something. Oh, yeah, because he was in
0: his carriage and he had his, like, his pad tape and stuff.
1: Yeah, and so he tapes up his arms to make them unbiteable. Um, And I remember thinking in a zombie apocalypse, probably one of the best things you could wear is a Texas tux. Just go head to toe in denim and just see (laughs) see if anyone can bite through that. I always Um, thought that
0: was a Canadian tuxedo.
1: Is it? I was. I always thought it was a Texas. Gosh, I hope I'm not uh, getting it mixed it up with, with something else. Both. But yeah, who knows? Texas, I'm sure, doesn't have the uh, the monopoly on it. But yeah, they they did this thing. Now, I remember being a little bit annoyed because they they taped just their arms and left so much untaped. And I'm sure that there was probably a reason for that. Like they ran out of tape or something. Because again, Swall Daddy takes. Oh my gosh, how could I have forgotten this? Swall Daddy, up until this point has been wearing the most beautiful outfit. I totally blanked on this, but I I don't know if you thought so as well, but he's got like this beautiful, I think it's like a, it looks like a crushed velvet jacket or something like that. And a, and a scarf slash cravat. Um, Well, it comes off. uh, The jacket comes off the cravat, the cravat scarf comes off. He's just wearing a t-shirt. He's he's got this little skin tight t-shirt wrapped around his, his, his bulky muscular frame. And these taped up arms. And I just remember thinking, oh, watch out, zombies. Um, but no, it's so good the way that they all sort of tape up. I thought it was very um, Sigourney Weaver and Alien almost. It was, it was yes. just like, let's, yeah, yeah. It was, it was really, really good.
0: Well, they, they get through that first carriage pretty easily. But the second one is baseball dude's teammates. And yeah. so suddenly he's kind of has a bit of a crisis of these are these people that I know and they're my friends. and. They, they, the other two kind of get slightly overwhelmed. Everyone's kind of fighting for their lives and the train goes into a tunnel and yeah. everything goes dark. And as soon as it does, the zombies just kind of lose focus and mm. they're able to kind of get past them and get out. Yeah, and it's
1: interesting. They, they play with this a little bit because it turns out, so the zombies, not, if they move silently, they're okay. But if they make noise, the zombies will swarm on the noise. Mm. Um and I can't remember there was there was an example of something they used to test that, but it but it worked out well for them.
0: Oh um, yeah, he hits we... a, um he hits uh the bat on a bit of the um oh, like that's the baggage right. yes. thing and yeah. they kind of run to that. Yeah. Well, once they're through that carriage and they've got like the next horde to get past, they kind of hide in behind the seats and he pushes his phone, he throws small at his phone down the end. Yes. Uh and rings it and the zombies all kind of swarm on the phone mm. he makes fun of me for his, his ringtone but i didn't know what the ringtone was
1: yeah i think it was a korean reference that plot probably flew over our heads yeah. but I, i'm sure i'm sure it was a brilliant i'm sure it was a good one um but yeah i remember when i when i did that i i was i was a little indignant on swall daddy's behalf but immediately thought well hang on a second he probably doesn't need a phone as much as he needs to live so it's yeah. probably fine
0: <laughs> well and they use that to sort of get through, and then they they get to, uh, they get to that that next carriage where mm. they find uh the 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 group of kind of their survivors. So um, they have Sue Ann, uh, Swald and his wife, the homeless dude, and and the the younger of the two old ladies. Yeah, and they they continue on. There's another tunnel. Oh no! They remember they all get locked in the toilets again because um. The the train comes into the light. Oh yes, that's and right. And so then yes. they have to wait for the next tunnel. Yeah. And when that comes along, they're crawling along the baggage baggage racks.
1: Yeah, because they're wondering how we're going to get how we're going to get through with all of us in amongst the seats. And I remember thinking when they were making their way up, I was like, oh man, so it's so it's such an excellent way again, such an enclosed space, such a great like building of tension because you just where are you going to go if you get cornered? Yeah, um, there's nowhere. I was waiting. While they were crawling along the top of those baggage things, for one of them to collapse under someone's weight, under so, weight. yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I was gonna say he's he's you know got probably the most mass, but I mean, I didn't it didn't happen. But I just remember thinking, oh no, oh no, 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 no. this is it. This but is they, they do,
0: term. um, Siok and Siok and uh, the homeless guy get trapped behind seats, yes, for, yes, and that's they're right. waiting for a tunnel, and and he, um. knocks a uh like a drink can and suddenly the hordes on him and they have to like they have to move quickly and get and close the door to the next section yeah and the zombies end up breaking through so they're kind of they're running for the the safe carriage where they put the fire extinguisher over over the glass and the chief operating officer of course is um has decided that they're not coming in yeah and we we have A pretty intense, like, well, it's the saddest scene for me. Yeah. yeah. And I know that there's something coming up that's probably sadder, but for me, this was the saddest one.
1: Um, I I, know. Yeah, I'd probably agree.
0: So old Eddie is um, holding back the door. Yeah.
1: And And so he's, you see him absolutely just like, he is struggling to, it's a sliding door and he's just struggling to keep it closed. And there are just these zombie arms just flying, you know, out of the door. It's, it's, it's absolutely nightmare
0: stuff. And, and the other, at the other end, they're not letting uh, the, the, t- the people in to, yeah. uh, to the safe part where, where you know, they can, they, they would, you know, be able to close the door and there'd be that, that yeah, barrier, the barrier in up. terms of the, the zombies wouldn't be able to see them. And so a few things happen. So Swole Daddy gets bit. Yeah. So he's, because he's, again, I maintain he didn't
1: tape his hands. He didn't tape his hands. And because he's holding the door, um, one hand quite close to where the zombies are reaching, somebody's able to just get him on
0: the hand. And Um, his poor wife is devastated. And, like, seok has to drag her in the other direction. yeah. Yeah. And they end up... He he like, they have this really great scene and part of me is like, oh, maybe it breaks the rules a bit, but he kind of, he fights this kind of the turning. He's like, his eyes are going, glazing over and becoming milky white. And he's kind of shaking his head and continuing to hold them back out of his love for his wife and his unborn child. And it's this really emotional scene and, and you see like, his his poor wife being dragged in the other direction because she doesn't want to go and yeah and it's really tough like they they built these characters up enough that you wanted them to survive often in zombie apocalypse movies you kind of get to this point you're like you yeah, know who cares yeah i really cared that he was dying no yeah. he was such Absolutely. A, a, a great character but he was also you know, he had these great redeeming features about him that made him someone you really wanted to survive.
1: Yeah. I remember I watched it thinking, oh, look, you know, if this happens, if that happens, and I remember thinking, oh, just let Swole Daddy and his wife adopt uh, Sue Ann and, and, yeah. and then um, we'll be fine, you know, because, I mean, clearly, I, which is obviously ridiculous, but I just, I, you're absolutely right. Like, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was, I was genuinely emotional at that scene. Um, yeah, he sent
0: me a message, and you were like, "Swall
1: Daddy, no." <laughs> well, it's because part of the things, because again, I'd heard all these things about Train to Busan, and one of the things I'd heard was the effectiveness it had in in making you love these characters and then crush you um, at certain points throughout the film. Um, and when it happened to Swall Daddy, I I thought I was prepared, and I was not. <laughs> um, and I just thought, oh. But, yeah, it was just heartbreaking. I mean, both him and the, and the, the woman who plays his pregnant wife, fantastic actors. I, I, yeah. I really believed, you know, as, as she was getting dragged away, I thought that was, that was just heartbreaking stuff.
0: It was, yeah, it was incredible. What the other thing that happens? so the zombies break through, the, our, our little intrepid group of heroes manages to get through the door, but mm. not before the older of the two sisters is bitten by a zombie. And yes. while this is all happening, is it the is it the older one or the, the? It's the older one. The younger the one's one. already in the kind of oh, yes, safe yes. carriage, and she sees her sister, and she starts sort of while everyone's closing the door, she's like, "What? No, 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 no!" no. Like my, I can see my sister. We
1: yeah, have to yeah.
0: And she sees her get bitten, and kind of loses hope. Mm. So uh, once once the group is something in. This... in her... Oh, sorry. you go. Oh, Sorry,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the the way like the way that I would. Because, again, I, I, fantastic performances all throughout this film. The way you you sort of look at her and you just kind of see something in her break mm. and it's like everyone has been holding it together barely this entire trip, but it, it, something in her breaks and you just think, oh, this isn't good. This is not good.
0: It doesn't end up being good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but once we're in this, the, the chief operating officer who really is the real antagonist of this piece, he mm. immediately is wanting to kind of get rid of these people who've come in, and he is immediately saying, "Oh, he's bit. He's not safe." And they, the, the kind of well, mob- that's how
1: he actually he because because um um I keep forgetting his name, but the dad um uh seok um Suk-woo, i think i can't remember if he punches him or he threatens to punch uh, him and i think he say, does
0: punch him he's
1: saying why didn't you let us in and in the, the coo is in response turns and yells to everyone he's bit he's bit and it from there on it's just i you were just saying sorry but yeah i think the crowd just
0: yeah they turned. all just turn on him and they're like you all you have to get out and they send them through the carriage to like what is essentially the the space between the locomotive and the first carriage? Yeah, and close the door and lock it behind them. Uh, baseball guy's girlfriend goes with them. He says you'll yep. be safer here, and she's like, I just want to go with you. Yeah, but the the younger of the sisters, who's just seen her older sister get bitten, doesn't go. No, and she looks at her sister, now a zombie, on the other side of that glass, and while everyone else is kind of. Tie, like they've got all their neckties tied and they're trying to like secure the door so against, they, the the pe- yeah, against the non-infected yeah. people. And she just walks up, she puts her hand up on the glass. The zombie's hand is up on the glass as well. Mm. And then she just opens the door.
1: Very, it's, it's, it's chilling and poignant and haunting all in one. It's a fucking brilliant scene.
0: Oh, it's so good. It's like, she just kind of goes, you know, we could have saved her and, our selfishness didn't like. Yeah, she doesn't say that, but it's kind of no, yeah. The, it's the the sense that you get from this, and she just goes, "Fuck everyone."
1: Yeah, I'm. I mean, it's door. kind of true. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I remember thinking at the time, as ridiculous as this sounds, I remember thinking at the time, "You've got a girl." Go. Yeah, no, I did too. I, was <laughs> like, I just, I because it's like you know, what's the point of remaining human if you don't retain any humanity? Yeah. You know, you you've got to try and look after the weakest and. It's it's again you know um really projecting an idealized self, um but certainly like when she did that and you, you know COO guy sees it just before it's about to happen, he starts yelling. He goes, "Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute!" I just remember thinking, ha, 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 "You son of a bitch." Um, yeah, it's just brilliant.
0: Well, in my head, I was like, "And that's the end of the film." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, it could have it could have ended there. Um,
1: and I say it could have, I mean, in, in terms of plausibility, because it's like you've got all of them up front with the locomotive. I mean, there's not really anywhere else um, to, to go in terms of, you know, to use the snow piercer analogy, they're at the front of the train. There's, there's, you know, the train's going nonstop to Busan. And the driver this whole time is trying to radio ahead, saying, hey, like, what's going on? Can mm. you tell me if it's, if it's clear to come into Busan? And it's, it's, it's very, he's not getting a very clear reply. Um, no, and and,
0: so and it's it, what's interesting is that that we kind of what I initially was like, well, this is the third act. This is the end of the film is actually. It's more the low point that we're hitting. And, yeah. And they come to this point where they are several trains have crashed and that their train has to stop that. They're, they're, they're at what is essentially a, a, a change depot or another station.
1: I think so, yeah. There's, like, a, 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 a derailed train lying across the tracks that they physically yeah. just can't get past.
0: And so they have to stop the train and get out. And that driver, like, he has this great, like, you know, there's obviously a survival instinct there, but he also this yeah. great sense of duty that he wants everyone to get on a different train. Yeah. And when he can't get on the train that they were hoping to take, he goes and he finds a... um another another train that is an older version like a, an older engine that he's not used to using
1: kind um, of like a v-line if you're from victoria yes. or
0: i suppose like if you're not like a, yeah
1: yeah like a, t- like, a dies- like a diesel, like a diesel it's like powered, a freight sort train it's not a yeah, high yeah it's
0: like you know fast train it's it's a slow yeah. freight train that you use for transporting, I don't know, cars and Goods, shit. Goods, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but, it, and you know, it's interesting because he goes into the station, he's trying to find one and there's another zombified driver in there. They they get us good with a jump scare at yeah. that bit. The only jump scare I will give to this movie. But no, not
0: They don't rely on the jump scares much, do they?
1: No, which I mean, again, I, I, as a horror fan, I've never been a big fan of jump scares. I think it can be done well, but I think a lot of horror movies just rely on you know, a sudden fright. Whereas again, this train to Busan film, you know, there's a real, uh, there's, there's just this slow build menace, even when it's, it's high sort of stakes intention, intensity, it's always like, what's coming next? What could possibly happen next?
0: Um, Oh, a lot happens next. Yeah. There's there's a train that's on fire that crashes into other trains. Uh, Baseball dude and his girlfriend get on a carriage, but then she gets bitten. And- oh, yeah. So so, what happens is, because you recall how she gets bitten. I don't. I okay. wrote down, so, write down that she got bitten. <laughs> so
1: the car that has been overrun by zombies after the younger sister opens the door, it turns out that, <gasps> yes, it turns out that the COO guy and one of the train attendants has bloody survived. He's locked the two of them in a bathroom. And so when the train stops, when the driver stops the train, and again, this just makes you hate him so much more, he opens the door, he sees that he's trained, and he tells the attendant, oh, it's safe to go out now. So obviously he, he the, the attendant opens the door a crack and the guy pushes him out the door, essentially sacrificing him to get eaten by zombies while he just basically beats it out of the train um, and a bunch of zombies are chasing him. And so he's essentially just leading zombies on a chase, and at one point he leaps into the carriage that uh, the carriage, the carriage that um, <laughs> baseball uh, baseball guy and his girlfriend are in, and literally grabs the girlfriend and throws her back into the chasing zombies where she gets bit, um, and then I think baseball guy is able to push the zombie off and close the door. And and this was another scene that I found to just be really, really poignant and haunting is you know, you see her slowly succumbing to the zombification process, which you know you haven't seen a whole lot of in, in the movie prior. And he's just holding her in his arms and he's just weeping. And and she she turns and he's just crying as he just lets her bite him. Yeah. It's 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 actually quite haunting stuff. And the CEO guy has run out the other door, he keeps he keeps running. Um but it's, yeah, it's, it's
0: haunting stuff. Well, with the, um, so we have that kind of that crash happen mm. and Sue and uh, Siokwu and and the pregnant lady are, and the homeless dude are all trapped under yes! a train that's kind of, it's kind of, it's tipped over, but it's caught on another train and there are zombies in there trying to break through to get and to it that.
1: Yes, and it comes back to that earlier thing where we've seen that if there's enough pressure of zombies on a glass surface, it will break. And so it's just this ticking time bomb waiting for them to fall through. Um, And it's brilliant. I'm trying to think what happens next.
0: Well, so sio Sio gets out, but everyone else is kind of stuck. He has to move. Something falls down and he's moving it. And as the zombies start falling uh, through the glass because of that pressure... Mm. Uh, the homeless guy is, is helping, oh, yes. he's holding them back. And he, like,
1: he looks at them and sacrifices himself. He does that thing where I think he grabs a piece of rebar or something and yeah. is like
0: blocking them. Yeah, he's blocking I mean, them. And yeah. and Siokwu manages to get whatever is obstructing the exit out of the way. The other two get out and just as it happens, the train collapses down. Yeah. And crushing everyone except the zombies just keep climbing out of it because they're all inside it. And so yeah. the glass is broken, the doors are open, they're climbing out of the train and, and um, chasing after them. And they run for the this old diesel engine that has started moving. And, uh, and this is where um, I think
1: it was either just about this time or just before we see the final act of sheer dickery uh, from the the COO where he's running and zombies are chasing him. And the driver, again, I think you summed it up perfectly before when you you sort of talked about, you know, a combination of sense of duty and and survival instinct. The driver sees this guy running and he's he's like, oh, it's a human being, I've got to help him. He jumps out of the safety of his little train compartment, runs to help the COO guy arm outstretched. Again, the COO guy grabs him and throws him to the ground to just for no reason but to, to act as bait while he, he runs to get to the, the, the engine. I just remember thinking, wow, wow, that was so unnecessary.
0: Yeah, like it, it just it sort of beggars belief because I, your chance of surviving as you throw all these people to the zombies, you're A, creating more zombies. Yes. And B, like you're, you're putting yourself in a situation where you don't have other people to help you survive. And yeah. it's like, oh, if I'm, you know, only I can survive Well, you're not going to survive. Um, it's like, well,
1: do you know how to drive a diesel engine? I guess you got to find out real quick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it turned out that siok Wu knew how to drive one.
1: <laughs> yeah. From following enough,
0: he He worked he just, it out. Yeah. He um, figured it out. Well, so the three, our three sort of protagonists that are left get onto this train. Mm. And when they get to the the door, they see that CO is there, but, Turning, he's turning
1: and he hasn't it, quite yeah. turned
0: yet. And he's kind of, he's not willing to admit it, but then
1: it's really haunting actually the way he's, he's, he's saying, I,
0: I can I'm trying to remember exactly, but actually before that happens, so all the zombies grab onto the back of the train. That'd be fair. Yes. This is yes the, that's if you, right. If you do a gift search for train to Busan, this is the scene that you, this is the thing that you get. <laughs> I have to che-
1: I, i'm sorry, I do believe you, but i d ne- right now I'm literally gonna check that train to the Sun yeah. um but yeah it's it's wild the way that it um it it's yeah, it's just high adrenaline stuff. I remember my heart was just beating. I was just watching this thinking, oh no, come on guys. You can do it. Surely you still could be a happy ending.
0: This train <laughs> is, is driving away and more and more zombies are grabbing on and they're just creating this this sheet of zombies all holding onto the train, being dragged behind, climbing over each other to get onto it.
1: It's it's exactly that. Yeah. It's it's a sheet of zombies is what it is. Yeah.
0: And and Siok is, is is kicking at them, trying to get them off and they're all attacking him and he finally gets enough of them to let go that they kind of lose their grip and, and fall behind and start running. But the train's going too fast by that point. Yeah. And that's when they, they go to the compartment and chief operating officer dude is there and turning into a zombie. And he, he, he's like a child. He's like, yeah, having this tantrum. Like how could he, he can't be bit. It's not fair. It's, yeah, he, he's, he's saying, "Take me to my mum. Yes. This is my this is my
1: address in Busan. I want to see my mum." Childish is exactly what it is, and it's yeah, it's kind of creepy.
0: And then he turns, and yeah, he he Siok has to fight him off, and he realizes the only way he can do it is to like let him bite him, so he can get him over the edge of the train and then push yeah. him off. Yeah. So he, he does, he like, he sacrifices himself. And this is this arc where he was trying to just save himself and his daughter the whole time. And then Mm. at this point he just goes, well, the only way I can save my daughter is to be completely selfless and sacrifice myself. And so he, he gets bitten and uses that to chain himself and throw both him and the chief operating officer off because he's chained on. He like stays on the train and the the chief officer zombie falls you know, obviously then, just to get back up and keep running.
1: Yeah. Sue Ann the whole time is just bawling her eyes out. And it honestly, it's a, it's a cry that just like is like a dagger in your heart. Yeah. It's like she's, it's convincingly traumatic. Yeah. It's, it's I don't know if you've seen, um, oh, it's from a few years, it's from a few years ago now. It was um, the movie adaptation of Stephen King's The Mist.
0: Yes. Um, yes, I have big, seen
1: Big spoiler, but at the end there's a um, a scene where the protagonist lets out a cry that's just haunting, and this was on that same level for me, suan just letting out this gut wrenching cry.
0: It's like it's incredible. I, I think what's incredible is is this kind of it's this really great story of of, of how he was put like he he was this very kind of focused almost selfish person yeah and this experience for well, really the character development is all just to see him change into someone like Swaldad essentially to like yeah yeah to become that selfless i need to sacrifice myself for the the people i love kind of person yeah. and he quickly sets them up in the um the ca- in the, the the sort of front of the train and Tells them how to slow down. Like when, you, when it's time to stop, use that. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. He hugs his daughter and he closes the door. And then he stands at the back of this train and we see his shadow as he lets himself
1: fall. And he's like picturing all the beautiful moments of his daughter. Um, it's, it's so hard. It's, it's pretty heartbreaking. I I'd probably rate it on the same level as the loss of Swole Daddy I would say.
0: For some reason Swole Daddy was just felt more to me. (laughs) I
1: I know what you mean I know what you mean I think I like I felt like I had to feel you know it's because I think Swole Daddy had more of a personality.
0: Yeah. um,
1: Whereas the protagonist um, was probably a little bit too bland. I don't mean that in in a negative way I mean I do but I, I suppose, like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you, you can't have a protagonist be almost too personality-driven. I mean, you can, but I don't know. Yeah, it's just one of those things, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, we we get to almost to Busan. Like, they, they get to a tunnel just outside it, and mm. they have to stop the train because there's all these barriers up there, and there are zombies mm. that have kind of been caught in the, in the traps but are... are you know, incapacitated and they have to get out and walk. And so, so- and there was, a, there was a,
1: a jump scare in there, which I did not appreciate. Trained with Sun. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I know exactly I did which one. Screamed out loud. My partner was very shocked. Um, she was not watching the movie at that point. Um, but yeah, there's like a, a, a zombie stuck on barbed wire. And as they sort of walk past, it's like, ah, and it just, oh, it got me good. <laughs>
0: It's going it's good. really good, but they something I feel like I'd never do. They just walk into this tunnel.
1: Yeah, because it's like pitch. It looks pitch black, and I just remember thinking, "You could have so
0: many zombies." Well, luckily, uh, cuts to the other side of the tunnel, <laughs> and there are these soldiers who are kind of pointing guns at it and and sort of monitoring. And they say that there are two two. Uh, people approaching and they say, can you confirm that they're human and they can't, they, they're not sure. And so he says, well, you've got to kill them. Yeah. And as he's lining up the shot to shoot. And I'm just thinking,
1: please, just let me have this movie. Don't take this away from me.
0: <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for them to be like, and then they both get shot. The end.
1: Yeah. I was um, thinking it would do that thing where it like fades to black and you just hear the. Bow, bow. Oh but God.
0: But oh. no, the. And something we completely didn't talk about, but at the beginning of the film, suanne oh yes, was sing- meant to sing in front of her class, and she has stage fright, and he watches the video of her getting stage fright and the kids laughing at her, and she is crying and singing the song that she couldn't sing in front of her classmates as she walks through the cave.
1: because her dad wasn't there she she and because it, it was the thing where he was he wasn't around enough, and it, yeah. yeah, it's this whole, it's, it's this thing where she's just soldiering on with this pregnant lady trying to sing it's oh.
0: and it, it saves them because the soldiers hear the yeah. singing and realize that she's human and they send people to go and get them and and that's that gets us to the end of the film yeah it's so good
1: Ooh. even just reliving it right now i'm just like oh goodness grief it's a tour de force always i always want use that
0: phrase <laughs> it's I find it so interesting because I, I sort of talk to people. I'm like, oh, it's this amazing Korean zombie film. And they're like, oh, I don't watch subtitles. I'm like, you are yeah. missing out. Like, there are so many good films, but this one in particular is just, like, it, it Incredible. is. I think as close to a perfect zombie film you can get.
1: I would agree with that. Because- and it, it comes back to a whole bunch of reasons, but one that just always sticks out to me is just that enclosed space in the train makes me feel so claustrophobic, especially with this wave of zombies ever present just, in yeah, the next carriage. Kind
0: of billowing out.
1: I, th- I thought that they would do like a sequel set on a ship or in a plane or something.
0: Um, so I don't know much about the sequel. I'm, I, I don't think it's available in Australia yet. It's, it, it's, um, it received, I haven't seen it.
1: Um, so I'll, I'll preface this with that. It was, it was supposed to come out, obviously COVID, um, I think impacted the release relatively significantly.
0: Um, it hasn't received glowing reviews. Um, it's hard to follow something like train to Bazaar. Yeah. But also, from what I understand, it's a standalone sequel, so it's not like following these characters to the next stage. It, I yeah, would assume, a standalone sequel means it's seeing that same zombie apocalypse launch, like take off somewhere
1: else, or it's set at a later date, um, and it's a, it's more it's more military focused, which I think can be so hit and miss. Mm. Um, and it's, it's yeah, I, again, I haven't seen it, so I can't really say, but sort of having read the synopsis on IMDb, I, I remember thinking, feeling pretty lukewarm about it. Oh, um, that's,
0: it's it, so, like, I mean, like, I, it's not that I'm disappointed, but I'm a little bit disappointed.
1: <laughs> no, I know, because, yeah, it would be so... It comes back to rule building and world building for me. Again, as a horror fan, one of the biggest things I love is, like, building fascinating worlds and rules within those worlds. And it it brings me to one of the best pieces of zombie media I've ever consumed, Um, not the film with Brad Pitt, the original book, World War Z, which is an anthology of stories and interviews, such a good way of of showing, well, hang on, how, like, if if a zombie apocalypse happened, what would happen? What would be the socio-political, you know, and and military fallout from something like that? And I feel like a, a sequel could have been something like that, um, and it, from the synop- plot synopsis sound that they trying to do something kind of like that, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't say, it doesn't grab you.
0: Well, it's so interesting. Cause I always think about world war Z as this kind of the, the film took the complete wrong message when they yeah. decided to adapt that book, they should have adapted the book in that way of like, cause it was a journalist traveling and meeting all these people to interview them about how they survived, and and all of them had these very interesting stories. All of them sort of connected to kind of legend in some way. In terms mm. of, you know, they 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 were the legends of survival in this apocalypse. And he was telling their stories, and that they turned it into this film that's like Brad Pitt's an action hero, and he's just like, oh, yeah. you just you missed what was great about that book. Yeah, like just... the book was so much. It was about ordinary people and instead he's this fucking super soldier.
1: Ugh. It would have made a great, like, anthology TV show, I reckon. Mm. I reckon that would have been a great way to adapt it. But, and, you know, look, it is what it is, you know, but Train to Busan, forget about the sequel. I mean, you know, watch it if you want to, but I I might give it a miss. I'll probably hate watch it, but uh, we'll see how we go. But, yeah, Train to Busan is fucking incredible.
0: It's so good. Well, we're almost ready to wrap up, but before we do, this one might be hard because this might not be like you know the camp scary as a scale. But is there a campus line of this or or, or moment of this film?
1: You, you know what I, I I I thought you might ask this, and I actually definitely do have a campiest line and a campiest moment. Um, I think the campiest moment for me is when. Swole Daddy and his wife are talking to the daughter and she says something about her dad being a fund manager and he says something like, oh, right, so he's he's just a locust on the world or something to that effect. And I just remember sort of snickering a little bit at that one. I mean, well, was not, not long, only that, I suppose, but...
0: um, his wife kind of scolds him and the little girl goes, how do I know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, so I remember thinking that that one was a good one. Um, I, I mean, in terms of a campy moment, there's, It's um, there's some found footage earlier in the film or news report or something of some skateboarders and in a park as there's this apocalypse is taking over. Um, and you see these helicopters that are just trailing sort of um zombies hanging uh, off them, hanging off, and they they fall you know dozens of feet and splatter into the pavement and just stand up and start chasing the skateboarders. I remember, um, and, and alternatively. Any moment small dad is wearing his crush velvet jacket and his fancy scarf for that. Yeah. No, Uh, no,
0: that's great. Uh, Is is there a scariest moment for you?
1: (sighs) It was the saddest moment, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, The whole thing honestly had me on the edge of my seat, um, the way that it was building the tension. Um, Scariest moment, probably when they were trying to make their way up on top of the baggage rails back through or through the train. Yeah. Um, I remember that was, that was genuinely just really good. Um, also the, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything like real super scary, but it was just that general sense of, of unease I felt all the way through.
0: Yeah. No, it, it certainly is one of those ones, like your heart just races throughout. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, we have a Camp Scary Scale. So this is, is a scale of classification, not of value. Um, it goes from one to seven from Divine Camp to Pure Terror. Where do you think this film lands on the Camp Scary Scale?
1: Oh, look, it's got to be almost entirely Pure Terror.
0: Yeah, um, it's like it's that in for me too. Yeah. Like it's just not much.
1: There's, there's very little campiness about it, I feel. It goes about it its, it's business in, in a very matter-of-factly way, I think.
0: Well, and also, like, often the, the function of camp is to break tension or reduce terror, and there's yeah. just so few moments that this film tries to break any kind of terror, to break yeah. that, that sense of terror. That tension, yeah they, yeah. they just lean into, you're going to be uncomfortable for this entire time. Yeah, it's
1: you really don't take a breath. Um, even, even after the credits are rolling, I, I remember I felt... I was like, oh, geez, I've got to watch something, something light-hearted, put on some
0: Parks and Rec or something after that. <laughs> it's a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like we could put that at a seven. It's a pure terror. I think so, yeah. This might be our first pure terror of the, the podcast. That's
1: exciting. Oh, what's, what's going to be the next, I wonder?
0: <laughs> well, I want to say thank you, Daniel. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk about Train to Busan with you. Thank you so much. It's been, thank you so much for inviting me on. It's been so much
1: fun. Is there anything you want to plug? Um, There's not anything for myself. Um, My friends, um, Vix and Lauren, uh, have a great podcast called Wonderfully Done. Um, Yes,
0: I've been listening to Wonderfully Done. uh, Yeah. All about sex and communication and really dealing with those topics that maybe we want to talk about but don't always get to talk about because we don't know who to talk about it. We don't know how to talk about it. And they are all about looking at ways that we can have those conversations and, and having them with you. It's really definitely, great.
1: yeah. So I would definitely recommend that. Give, the, give them a listen. They're an absolute delight to listen to. Um, in terms of um, a media that I'd love to shout out because I feel like not enough people are talking about it, um, Lovecraft Country.
0: Lovecraft um, Country.
1: Lovecraft Country. It is one of the best horror TV shows I've ever seen um and it is a fascinating look um at how you take lovecraft infamously unadaptable for for any kind of visual medium um and and also with his his relatively well-known sort of history of 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 racism um and it doesn't shy away from any of that it it delves into it really um you know in a way that is um really effective jordan peel is one of the producers um and that man knows how to make a piece of horror
0: oh he- does. I I haven't... We haven't done Get Out or or Us yet, but I oh, yeah. really want to talk about them because they are... There, there's a, an earlier episode where we talk about The Cabin in the Woods and we talk about, yeah. you know, kind of the need for... To, to put a line under those rules of horror and, and let there be a more open, free idea about what, what horror is. And mm. I think if anyone is really showing how you can break the mold and still create incredible horror. It is Jordan Peele. He,
1: yeah, he really absolute, knows. Yeah. His stuff. He's an auteur, I believe is, is, um, yes, is yes. An movies. auteur of horror. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, for those of you at home, you can follow Camp Scary and Squee on Instagram and Twitter by going to at Camp Scary Pod. If you have questions or suggestions, you can email campscarysquee at gmail.com and make sure to rate and review Camp Scary and Squee so that other horror fans can find us. Thanks for joining us and remember, don't scream. They'll hear you.